0: everyone, Craig Dunkley here, and welcome to the Beyond Growth Show. I'm here as always with the lovely Claudia Harvey.
1: Hello, everybody. Hey, Craig, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself?
1: I am just amazing. So who is our guest today, Craig?
0: Today will be a very exciting show. We have Antonio De La Cruz, UAV operator, drone pilot. Antonio will talk about how he got into piloting drones for aerial photography, racing, Training industry professionals on using them for on-the-job tasks and being a reviewer for DJI, a large global drone company.
1: I have to admit, until we met Antonio, I had no idea that drones were such a big industry, and I'm really interested to hear him share how changing um, drones are changing industries as, as literally as we speak.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the viewers and listeners are going to be very surprised just like you, you're stating at how far this industry has advanced, and what drones are actually doing now.
1: Right, right. Well, before we start, um, everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe our YouTube channel and Spotify channel and please comment and click for the bell for any updates to the video.
0: And before we continue, let's bring on Antonio.
1: Hi, Antonio. So
0: thank you for having me on. Oh,
1: it's it's our pleasure.
0: Yeah, really looking forward to this uh, this podcast, this show. I've heard a little bit about you. I've heard that you uh, um, are very much into the drones, and I raced uh, motorcycles when I was a uh, young adult, and I heard that you're racing drones. So, you know, yeah. really interested in hearing some of the experiences you have with the with the drones.
2: Well, racing drones and using drones for films. There's a, it's starting to fall into different niches. When people think drones. They just think one thing, either it's like a military drone or the drones that buzz around and annoy you. But as the years have gone by, actually quickly, they've gone by really quickly, the progression of drones have like doubled. Uh, Now we have drones that race. We have drones for cinema. We have drones just for uh, flying around, micro drones. And then we have the really big drones that do enterprise stuff. A lot of crazy work.
0: Wow. So the industry has really expanded into many different areas, I would imagine, for sure.
2: Yeah. A lot of people don't realize, like, drone, the drone industry affects a lot of industries. Again, people hear about delivery with drones, uh, movies with drones, racing with drones. But also, uh, in the movie industry, a lot of people don't realize uh, the drones that had gimbals, they used to have the old drones with a GoPro on them. Yep. They They used to just be stuck on there, and they'd be all wiggly and and you know, shaky. We right. started creating the Zenmuse gimbal that stabilized the video. From then on, cameras on the ground where people use them for movies where they have handheld gimbals. Uh, that was kind of the start from there and then it evolved. Now you're gonna see stuff like DJI, a major manufacturer having these gimbals that makes all the video steady. My, girl can't friend, my girlfriend can't even watch a movie without me saying, hey, look, they're using a gimbal for that video shot. <laughs> oh, that was a drone shot. You
0: know, I oh shut up about it yeah <laughs> nice very nice so I'm sure we're gonna hear lots about the drones and I'm really looking forward to it but before we get into that can you tell us what got you into piloting drones professionally
2: well professionally I didn't even at some point I didn't even think I could do this professionally it was just a hobby at first I started building them when I saw drones I've always wanted to See what it would look like to be like a bird. A bird can occupy any space. And, and that vantage point just like blows my mind. So when I got the idea and saw people using drones to carry up cameras and get footage, I was like, wow, I got to do that. So when I started doing that, I had, there wasn't anything readily available. Like you couldn't go to Best Buy and buy a drone and then take it up and look for it or buy something at the store. Even toys now have that capability. We had to build it. You know, and there's a lot of crashes, a lot of uh, fires, maybe almost. Uh, there's a big learning curve there. But the reason I got into it is because it was amazing. Because once I was up there, it was like, wow, this is what it really must be like, how to fly. And the more I did it, the more the, the technology progressed, where the video started to become crystal clear. Again, with the GoPros uh, flying, just using a GoPro it was difficult to frame these shots just throwing a GoPro up in the air and hoping for the best. Then they started transmitting the images live to some sort of screen where you can actually frame the video. That was the next step. And on top of that, as it got better, the video quality became clearer. The transmission became uh, in real time. Like there are drones now, like the drones behind me can fly up to maybe, you know, eight kilometers like very far on and some of them have 30 minute flight times which was unthinkable a year two years ago now we've got 30 minute drones 30 minute flight times even the smaller ones are averaging about five to six seven minutes so Mm -hmm. having a drone fly out for four kilometers over the water over the ocean anywhere you want you can occupy any space and see anywhere you want just like a bird once you get into that you can't stop it's very addictive so that's how I got into drones, and I'm, I'm pretty much going to keep going.
1: And how, how many years ago was that when you started into the, the hobby? Uh,
2: 2014, 2015. Yeah, because I was into the RC, like remote-controlled cars, uh, remote-controlled toys, uh, I started early. So as soon as I saw that, I wanted to, get, I wanted to start flying right away.
1: Wow. So, yeah. That's such a short time ago, and there's such an evolution already in the drone industry. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, the technology really is, is super fast. Yeah, One of yeah. the major manufacturers, uh, DJI, um, they come up with a new product in April. And then three months later, they come up with the second version of that product. It's crazy. It's, it's, they're, they're pumping out new versions of drones. And then again, the, the leaders of the industry, all that technology trickles down to toys. Yeah. So the differences between Um, pro drones enterprise drone hobby drones and then toy drones the toy drones start benefiting from that technology now you can get like a something under a hundred dollars that transmits videos and flies for about five minutes so it trickles down and i I don't see it stopping it's been disruptive to the industry um, and people are finding more and more uses for drones all the time
1: so when did you start Um, it wasn't becoming a hobby. It actually, you could actually start making some money and making a living out of this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, funny story. There was a, again, I I drove truck for a while and for the cars, like I hauled cars and when every every end of the year, they would start retooling the, the plants to make new cars. So I'd get laid off and then I would drive truck for a construction company. Now the construction companies, they bid on projects and they needed pictures. So I look at his videos, hey, stop driving a truck. Why do you take pictures and stuff? Okay, can I use my drone? Sure. So I started using my drone to take pictures of all, all the, uh, the work that they did. They, they were a company in Ajax, Melford Construction, and they built the Wounded Warriors uh, monument, and they built playground. So I started taking pictures of all of those things for their contracts. After that, I started getting pimped out, and, uh, you know, people started asking for that. And then I realized people actually want this stuff. So when I first started professionally, I hit up maybe about 32 professional photographers. And out of those 32, I got 14 people who responded and said, yeah, we'll take you on. And meaning that I told them, "Um, you take great pictures, I'm a great pilot, how about you get some aerial scenes to complement your your videos or or your pictures. Uh, and they said yes, and that's how I started professionally. I even named my company X4 Sniper. X4 is the, ma- uh, the configuration of most drones; it's a big X, and there's four blades. And then Sniper, because I used to tell these guys I was a visual sharpshooter. I'd come in, take the shot, and then I'd get out. So that's what I did. They'd come in, they hire me. I take a picture, I take a video, and then I leave, and I give them the SD card. And that's that's how I started that's how I started professionally anyway.
1: That is very, very cool. I had, you know, I have to say before meeting you, I had no idea that it is such an industry. Like I Absolutely. thought, I, I've got sons and they, you know, toy drones is the thing that they do. Uh, I honestly didn't know it was such an industry. So that's amazing. You took a, this wonderful opportunity and just elaborated on it. That's awesome.
2: I had, and I had a really good friend that told me Um, Because it was I was so passionate about like, I could not shut up about it. anywhere I go, I would talk about drones, drones, drones. And he told me probably in 2015, he said, there will be careers that haven't even been created yet because of drones. And that's exactly what's happened. It's really,
0: really great to see how they can get into places that may be hard to get into. And, you know, I I had a drone a few years ago that my son bought me and it would fly, like you said, for five minutes. So just in those few years, hearing from you how far it's advanced and how these can be used as a tool uh, for photographing, like you say, but I'm sure many other different uses.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there are people, the community itself is what pushes the boundaries of drones. Again, the drones are very simple. They have a ESC, they've got motors, a control, very basic components they all have. Now it's up to the user to find out, to define what are they gonna use this for? We have guys using it to send medical supplies. We have guys using it, um, surveying, do orthomosaics, mosaics, um, inspecting wind turbines, inspecting aircrafts. Uh, and those are just a few things. Once people understand the capabilities of drones, their imagination goes wild and say, hey, I can use this to do something with this. Deliver, <laughs> deliver stuff.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Um, and it all started from a hobby because you sound yeah. very, very passionate about what you do and what you like.
2: Oh, I, I love them. Like, I, I can't <laughs> stop. Every minute, every minute. Like, I, I, there's even these drones here. Again, you have a, a toy drone that would be categorized as a toy drone. But again, the technology also gets very small. Like see this one here, little tiny, teeny bitty drone. But inside this has a lot of tech. It's got 1080p, 60 frames per second recording, equivalent to a GoPro. You put a micro SD card in there and you start flying around 10 minutes of flight and you get one of these suckers it's not just for show (laughs) see and these are goggles goggles that i could that's transmitted the image on here so as far as it can go or around corners i can still see where the drone is going be able to control these drones and get that footage it's it's unbelievable you can't get it anywhere else
0: wow wow that's incredible so um you became a certified drone pilot and i'm sure you put lots of hours of training to do that But seeing what you have there, the various drones behind you and the drones you've talked about, are the drones that people can actually get and fly where they don't need a license and where can they fly
2: them? Absolutely. So there are drones. um, What Transport Canada has done is made a section sub 250, sub 250 grams. And again, the DJI manufacturer created a drone that's sub 250. Uh, The Mavic Mini, the Mavic Mini 2, Those are under sub 250 where you don't need a pilot certificate an advanced or a basic license for that. You can pretty much fly that anywhere except parks. Parks still have bylaws where you can't fly any uh, radio controlled uh, vehicles or toys there. So you got to watch out for your bylaws. Um, Just recently, the FAA in the U.S. is allowing people to be able to fly over people and at nighttime. They're starting to loosen up because the drones are getting more safer and the population and the demand, you know, the demands demand for it, requires that the government allow them to do it. Mm. So lots of changes. It used to change like every three months. People couldn't keep up with it. Uh, and to your question about training, yeah, you do need a pilot certificate to uh, fly professionally. Meaning, if you're going to get paid for it, you do need an advanced license. Uh, you used to have to do ground schooling. We, we did ground schooling back when it started and that's almost like going through flight school. You have to know meteorology. You have to know uh, wind eddies. You got to have to Rico. You had to have a radio license. A lot of those things are loosening up now, but in the drone industry, that's very small. The people who had a head start are moving further and getting more and more uh, clients with, with big corporations. Wow.
1: That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and so What makes a good drone pilot? I'm sure I would not be one.
0: (laughs) Well, from my limited experience, I wasn't a great one, and my scratches on my TV are a testament to that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to make a drone pilot, uh, my belief is hours, right? And hours of training. Um, Again, I've I've flown maybe thousands of missions, and and that's not to beat on my chest. It's just because it was a requirement. Uh, I inspected wind turbines. Wind turbines have three blades, and Mm -hmm. every blade would be considered a mission. So during the summer, I got contracted to fly uh, wind turbines to inspect the blades for delamination, uh, lightning strikes, anything that could cause a hazard. So what we would do is we would use drones to fly in and inspect those blades. And each one of those blades is a mission, so three. And we usually get anywhere from six to seven a day. So that would be you know 21 21 flights a day at 30 minutes so the hours and started to accumulate and again just because you have the hours it's the type of flying that you're doing that makes a great drone pilot mm-hmm. but one thing for certain i know people who fly fpv first person view usually fly in acro meaning that there's no stabilization mm-hmm. the drones that you buy now as soon as you let go of the sticks they stabilize they'll just They'll just sit there, DJI drones. Acro means there's no stabilization. That means if you move it this way, it's gonna stay that way until you do this, that or this way. So guys who fly FPV drones, I would consider probably be better drone pilots. So guys who fly FPV would make a great drone pilot.
1: And why would you use an FPV drone versus a stable drone?
2: Uh, it depends, because once you're flying FPV, if you're flying, uh, say, one of these guys, if you can see this, it kind of stabilizes the video. Well, an FPV pilot needs that feedback. If if the video is staying still, and the drone is moving around, you, you don't get that, that feedback. If I know the drone is this way a little bit, my eyes tell me, hey, adjust. Uh-huh. So every every move of that drone gives me feedback to help me fly the drone without it it it'd be very difficult to fly pretty fast and pretty accurate with it Mm
1: -hmm. and do you race drones
2: Uh, i did but because there's just so many aspects of it like I, i i don't think you can have a career a very select few have a career racing drones there's more potential to fly drones for a purpose meaning um, inspections, film, videos, YouTube, you know, it's more profitable to do it that way.
0: Huh. It, it, do you, you know, many vehicles, probably almost all vehicles get raced. Do you see that evolving over time that as they become more and more popular, the racing
2: side of it will become um, more and, and bigger? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before, there, there was already a racing community, DRL. They were already racing. But again, there was only a select few that can actually fly properly. Since DRL, DRL, DRL has put out their simulators and more simulators come out, guys are getting better at flying. So I really think that it was a little bit too early, but I think in the coming year, there's going to be a lot more racing. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Excellent. So you've talked about a number of industries Uh, already, but tell us a little bit about industries that you're seeing that are being affected by the use of drones in their operations and positively or even negatively.
2: Well, I think uh, one of the biggest industry is anything that aviation, anything that has to do with aviation, helicopters, um, aircrafts that use video or collect data that way, because why spend it on an aircraft where you can just use a drone and fly and collect the same amount of data. It's a lot cheaper. When I was working at Drones Plus, a helicopter pilot said, hey, you're ruining my business. <laughs> said, if you can't beat them, why don't you join them? And I talked them into buying a drone and getting them in this license. <laughs> so, um, And positively, because the drone is regulated by the government, it's pretty safe now. Uh, I see it very positive because they're doing things like delivery. They're doing things like uh, shipping out um medicine to the rural areas up north and and i think it's it's here to stay for sure absolutely and the technology gets safer better and more amazing i think
1: is there anything negative about the industry that still lingers from the early days
2: yes absolutely privacy issues are one of them again people like again i was at a beach one time and i saw a drone just hovering above me you know, and what am I gonna do? Obviously, and I mean, look at it, it's looking right at me. I'm giving it the one finger salute, and say back off. Like, come on, we're at a private beach. I know the rules. So that's very negative. And again, also too, military applications when they're talking about the big drone to travel for miles and you know, those those are still pretty negative. Uh, the people in the community tried to get away from the word drone because they thought it was so negative. They try to call it RPAS or UAV, but it's a drone, man. It's going to stick. It's what it is. So get over it.
1: And do you think that's going to be changing as more regulations are impacted? More? There's more drones. There's more use of, the, of that in different industries. Do you think that the negativity of drones will become less and less?
2: I I believe so, because as people are more aware, people are starting to realize that there are different types of drones, right? The toy drones that are harmless, that are fun. And then there are the capabilities of the serious drones that actually have a lot of geofencing to them, meaning that they can't fly at a certain point. If it flies within eight kilometers of of an airport, it starts to decline and you cannot fly up unless you have special permission. And that's all in the software. So because the manufacturers are mindful of safety and regulations, the government and the manufacturers are starting to see in the middle, and then we're starting to benefit from that. Oh. So they're smoothing out all the, the rough areas in the well, drone industry.
1: So I, I seriously had no idea about that as well. So if you were even trying to fly a drone into airspace over an airport, you wouldn't even be able to. No. There's no safety concerns for consumers that are trying to you know, go on a vacation on a plane. There's no no issue that a drone's gonna hit the plane.
2: No, and we've done some testing for for airports to see, you know, to be able to identify, and there are countermeasures for drones now, a lot of countermeasures. So, people should not worry about drones, and if someone's invading your privacy, you know what I mean, stop what you're doing and just report them. Pretty soon they're gonna have tags on them and you'll be able to find the flyer.
1: So what do you mainly do? What kind of industry do you mainly participate in?
2: So I've been, you know, I had a lot of job offers. One of them was for delivering drones in Canada. Uh, I refused them because I wanted to be a contractor because that stops me. That would mean I'd only be allowed to do one thing. Uh, being a contractor, I I get pimped out to all sorts of adventures. So I get to do drones for uh, film, for private stuff, for industries, enterprise, uh, data management. And I think that's... That's, that's the fun way to do it. I wouldn't want to be locked down to just one certain area of it. Wow. It's great to hear that you're, you're, well, you're obviously passionate about it, but really great to hear that you're working in a
0: space that you enjoy and that variety, you know, adds to the enjoyment, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And again, um, like I said, I don't think I would have lasted in the industry if I didn't have a genuine passion for it and being able to move within the same industry, all the different niches really helps because you know, you're sort of diversifying yourself as a pilot. So, yeah, I think passion is always going to trump anything that, you know, you just have to do because you need a paycheck.
1: So the, what we often ask some of our podcast guests that have an innovative industry or they're moving into different things, the last year of COVID has restricted many industries. Have you seen an increase in the ability for your drone industry or has it affected it negatively?
2: Um, I've seen an increase Um, a lot of the inspections in terms of like wind turbines we're doing it remotely anyway so we're not around people Um, and a lot of things you know being able to capture video from a distance leaves a lot for the imagination where you can apply that apply these drones to do anything like delivery is going to be the most the biggest push FAA has been rules for these companies to deliver um, parcels by drones that's why they've Uh, let people fly at nighttime and over crowds because drone delivery is, is going to happen.
1: So how do you you stop drones from banging into each other? It sounds like we're going to have like the whole atmosphere is going to be full of drones, like the Jetsons or something.
2: (laughs) Yeah. um, No, I I don't think so because drones are pretty expensive. The only ones that are going to crash into each other are the guys who are racing together in a, in a small area. And again, these types of drones are defined uh, for purpose. The race drones have a very you know, limited, limited distance where they can fly before the connection moves away from each other, they, they disrupt. Now there are specific drones, I have a few back here that, that'll do maybe four, eight kilometer distance, mm-hmm. still delivering like real time video. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think people should be concerned unless you have somebody doing something that they're not supposed to with drones. Right. It goes the same with someone driving a car recklessly. You know? And right. people who buy drones or, or invest in a, in, a, in a very decent drone is not likely going to do anything ridiculous with it because they, they spend a lot of money on it.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So if a person was interested, they hear this podcast and they're interested in this industry, what's the, what, how do they start? How do they get into it?
2: Well, I, I would suggest getting a small drone, playing with it like Craig and seeing if it's for you getting used to it getting some simple basics and if they if they are into that depending on the niche you want to go to whether you want to fly enterprise or whether you fly for film get something on the lower end because you know the potential is you'll crash and utilize simulators a lot of simulators will give you excellent experience and they're very very similar people have learned through simulators simulators and taking it out into the real world and hands down Fly like a champ. I wouldn't even have known there were simulators.
1: I didn't even know that either. That's oh something.
2: yeah, the way to go if you're gonna go FPV simulators first because you don't want to spend a ton of money crashing, <laughs> right? Because you crash. You so slow. where
1: do you where do you even find the simulators? How do you even get to that?
2: Well, uh, like I mentioned before, DRL uh, Drone Racing lead has a simulator. You do need to get a remote, and then you plug it into your computer, and they have a very good training module in that app in their I guess it's an app or software Uh, simulators like that, and you can find them online and all you have to do is type in FPV on YouTube and you'll see a ton of guys showing you amazing footage.
1: Oh, wow. So I
2: don't even have to go anywhere. I can do this right from my home. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I think simulator is one of these places you have to go and you sit in it like a pilot and, and you start practicing. But that's fantastic if you can well, actually you do it you from your couch. Screen
2: TV. You pop it into there and you get that real immersive view. Start flying that way. Well, I think I know what I'm doing tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no more Netflix. <laughs> wow,
1: well, that's awesome. Well, Antonio, I think we're we, you know, kind of running out of time here, but it's been fascinating having you discuss this new industry that I'm sure a lot of people don't need, had no clue about.
2: Yeah, um, I'm sure. It's, it's weird because when people say it's a new industry, to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's not that new to me. It's just been around. It just hasn't been um, a lot of people don't really know about it. Some people still don't know some of the capabilities of this drone. This drone, when it, after the battery, it starts to get low. It tells you and says, hey, man, your battery is getting low. Let's go land. If you don't do anything, it'll actually come back and land where it took off because of the GPS it remembers where it took off. So it'll take off, starts flying around. And because you're not paying attention, yo dude, battery's dying. I'm flying back. And you could just leave it, flies and it'll land pretty much in the area where you want it.
1: Well, that's great. So you're not going to lose your drone, like, you know, 10 kilometers out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it happens still, but yeah, there's a lot of precautions for it to come back for sure. Well,
1: that's awesome. Um, so Antonio, it was wonderful having you on. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
2: Um, they could probably reach the companies I work for because they don't really solicit myself. There's a lot of work out there and, you know, I don't really get out there, but if they do want uh, some drone work, reputable companies, one of them I work for is aerovisioncanada.com. And if you want to get some training, you can go to sugu.ca where we train pilots. And that's the company I work with to fly at the airport and train guys, train guys to fly. Amazing. Awesome. Um, Or you can reach my YouTube channel, X4Sniper with two R's, and I may or may not put a video out there once in a while.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Antonio, for joining us. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you, Antonio. It's been, uh, it's been a, a learning podcast, that's for sure. Uh, I would have never known uh, that much about the drone, so it's fantastic. And, you know, unfortunately, we have to come to the end of the uh, segment today, the end of the podcast. But again, thank you very much so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me.
1: So we end every podcast with a positive quote, or a quote. And I'm going to give you the quiz on who said this today, Antonio. So are you ready? Okay. Okay drones overall will be more impactful than I think people recognize in positive ways to help society. Who said that?
2: Uh, I hope it was Elon Musk.
1: Uh, Uh Close. It's close. Yeah. I would have,
2: I
0: would have went that direction. I think too, Uh, Antonio. Basil's. No, no, no. The the guy who did Virgin. Uh, no, not Richard. No, but same generation. Getting right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah! yeah. Ding,
1: ding, ding, ding.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very okay. good. Again, okay, thank you, Antonio. And our next guest is Tony Wood, Due Diligence Branch Chief at the United States Department of Defense. Tony will be talking about cybersecurity. How vulnerable businesses are to security breaches and social media intelligence.
1: I'm so looking forward to hearing about or hearing from him. And I heard he actually had to get clearance from his commander to come onto our show.
0: Wow, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, cool. So, everybody, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that notification bell to get updates to our latest podcast. It has been a slice and a pleasure. And thank you again, Antonio. And we will catch you soon.
0: Thank you, Antonio. Take care, everyone. Take care.
2: Thank you.